WTF, we're doing a podcast. I'm Nikki. And I'm Michelle. This is 50. Welcome to What the 50. Join us on our continued journey to simplify our lives. We will seek the answers from the experts and offer tips, tools, and techniques to live your life with confidence and joy. Are we ready? Let's go. So hi, Michelle. How are you? Hi, Nick. I'm good, darling. And you? I'm good. Um, yesterday was Sunday, and for some reason, I was feeling a little bit like, ugh. It was like, I don't know. It's like I had nothing to do, or I had lots of things to do, but I was just haunted with, and just, yeah, just feeling whatever. So, you know, it was Monday today, and I was like so excited and happy to wake up for Monday, which is strange. <laughs> but you know what, Nick, so that happens sometimes. And when that does, I think we just need to listen to our bodies and recenter and get back that balance, you know, because sometimes when we go, when we have a week where we're just going, 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 and then all of a sudden we're like, wait a second, what's happening here? It's good to just stop and, yeah. you know, just get back that, that, that quiet center. Right. Trevor says, I just can't do nothing, which is. Unlike for him to say, because I don't know if you know, Trevor, he is always always doing something. doing something, whether it's cleaning the floor or doing laundry or whatever, or doing his career life. He's always doing something. I'm like, you're telling me this, please. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt yesterday, too, because for the last couple of weeks, I've been preparing JP for travel. Right. And after he left yesterday and I got back home... I was like, okay, what am I planning now? What am I doing now? And I all of a sudden just felt so tired. Oh, I felt drained. Okay. I literally, I couldn't do anything. So I just did nothing. I did nothing yesterday. I went and got my hair washed and then that was it. Oh. I did nothing. I, but mm-hmm. I feel really, I feel much better today though. And I think that's kind of like what, what was happening to you. We just had to stop and exhale and inhale and, you know. Right. Back into and, you, and usually... And usually sometimes on a Sunday, I was like, have a nap and sleep. But you know what? You know, when we get to this age and you sleep too much in the daytime, <laughs> you can't sleep at night. So I was trying not to do that. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. I think you can just laugh at ourselves sometimes. I know. It's so crazy. But this week, we have an exciting guest on. Well, all our guests are exciting, according to us. And we see that, we see that with every single guest, right? I know. So Nikki Clark is a certified spiritual life coach and mindfulness coach and is also certified in the aliveness method and is an official, official aliveness activator. She is an empty nester, proud mother of three amazing grown kids, married for 31 years, and pursuing her dreams at 51. Chapter two, Unleashed, was created after being given the gift of becoming an empty nester a couple years ago. Writing her story was important in finding her authentic self, speaking her truth unapologetically, and allowing Nikki to be unleashed. As a coach, she teaches you how to discover and unleash the true you to redefine your relationships with yourself and others to create a a life of freedom and fun in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Sounds kind of sexy in a little way, don't you think? (laughs) Something to look forward to for sure. Yeah. So I'm anxious to talk to her and see what she's going to say, because um, as you know, we talked about 
a lot among ourselves between you and I about what it's like to parent adult children where really we can't ground them or <laughs> and it's not a conversation we would have had before because I think our children just went from being teenagers to adults like it know, happened it's overnight. like overnight right and we just not we just weren't prepared for this so we need to hear from Nikki and you know get some tips from her as to how best to adjust to this new role that we're going to have that we're having we're there now right so halfway there halfway there <laughs> we're there we're there we have adult kids we're there oh my god let's gosh. hear what he has to say okay for sure let's All go right. so here we are with nikki clark hi nikki hi michelle hi nick how are you Oh, I'm very well. Happy to be here with you guys. You lovely ladies. Thanks for being here. Yes. And you look absolutely amazing, Nikki. It's been a while since I last saw you. Thank you, my honey. Blues and greens and purples in your background. Wow. Very nice. (laughs) Thank you. You're setting the the tone for this chat. And I love it. Oh, lovely. Well, I have my little (laughs) border and everything behind me. So, (laughs) yes, I wish everybody could see it. Very nice. Fabulous. Thank you, my darling. Appreciate that. Of course. So today we're going to talk with Nikki about her new chapter in her life. So she's at a little bit of a different stage than Michelle and I in the whole life, the life uh, story, even though she's a little younger than us, Mish. Oh, is she? Yeah. She looks amazing. But anyhow, yeah, so she has all adult children who are fully launched, fully graduated from their college, living on their own, and it's just her and hubby. So she is a full-fledged empty nester. Yes. That's where you guys are headed. We're heading there, yes. We need some tips. That's what we're getting ready for. So as you know, Nikki, we've talked about this before in that um, as a mom and as a parent, when the kids are younger and as they get older, we lose something kind of like control because we're so used to directing their every move, talking to this teacher, enrolling them in this extra activity or tutors or you know, saying, I don't think you should have a play date with that person. But when they get to your stage of adult kids, well, that's it. We can no longer um, say and dictate our thoughts or dictate is probably a strong word. Um, You know, we can't wield our influence, let's say that, to be a little bit more gentler. Right, Mish? Right. So... Yes. So Nikki, tell us, how do, we, how do we navigate this new phase in our lives dealing with adult children? And the thing is, before you answer, Nikki, um, for all our lives, we are all our children's lives, actually, we're teaching them how to be independent. So we say to them, you hold your bottle, this, you know, you hold your bottle, you know, we got them to take the first steps. We say to them, you choose your clothing, you choose this, you, you know, we, we're training them to be independent. And then all of a sudden, one day, they don't need us anymore. How do we navigate that new phase? That's a whole new phase that we have to evolve to. 
And, and I don't think we have a lot of conversations about that because I think in our minds, we think our children will always be little people. And one day they're no longer little people. So we may not necessarily prepare ourselves for it. I think we just wake up one day and we're like, hold on a second, they're gone, you know? And we have to find a way to navigate to that new stage. And I think sometimes we feel a little bit anxious because we're just not sure how do we deal with our children at this age and how do we deal with ourselves at this stage as well. So we'd love to hear from you how best to handle this, this new, this new stage, this new phase of adulthood for us. <laughs> Well, let me just tell you, first of all, that this stage is the most beautiful stage because there's so much growth that happens. But one thing you link, you ladies must never forget, so you, act, you never, ever stop being a mom. Your, your, your role just changes from being a mother to more of a mentor, more of a coach almost to your children because your kids are, as you said, they're no longer going to listen to, they're going to listen to you, but they're going to listen to you in a different way. Mm -hmm. So whereas if we would go in and say, you can't, you shouldn't, and you, and you don't, you can't go with that approach with them anymore. You have to sit back and allow them to come to you. And as much as some of the things that they say, you don't want to hear, you have to bite your tongue. And there's times that you have to go in and say, all right, so perhaps we look at it have you thought about it doing it this way? Rather than you know deep down you don't want them to do it their way. You can't go and tell your adult children, you can't do it that way because they're just going to turn on their heels and leave. So by giving them a different perspective, by stepping back is the best way to deal with because they're adults, just like you would navigate your husbands or your best friends or whatever. That's the same navigation that you have to, to use with your adult children. And I'll tell you, I have two daughters and a son and the daughters are way easier than the son. Really? Because, yes. Oh my God, yes. Nikki? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We always, we're, we, Mission are, are like in this like nice security zone. I think it's easier to parent boys. So now you just like blew that up for us. <laughs> totally. Because it, it, yeah, because you see, boys are like, you're like your male, your husbands, your, your male counterparts, because that's who they morph into. They oh, now morph yeah. into your husband where you now have to negotiate everything. You have to, you put in, I put in, you, you, you know, it's like this back and forth with them. Whereas before when your son was you know, younger, you can say, no, my answer is no. Don't even bother come to me. You can't tell your adult child, my son is 25. I can't tell my son no. I mean, that, that, that he's 25, he lives on his own. So it's kind of, you change the no to, have you thought about maybe this way? Or, you know, perhaps we could try, you know, come to me when you're ready to talk about it. So it, it's this negotiation like I have with my husband, you know, it, that's exactly what it is. Whereas with the girls, they're very much on your wavelength, believe it or not. They are, the girls think alike. It's like a girlfriend. And I, sometimes I don't even have to say no. They already know from my tone of voice, my look on my face or whatever, like, okay, mom's not on board with this. So we're just not going to go that route. Whereas a boy is good. Mom, know, he knows mom's not on board with it. He's going to push even harder. He's going to say, okay, great. Let me just test mom a little bit more. Let me push mom a little bit more, just like a husband would do. <laughs> well, no, there we go. This is when we miss, we, we all, we often talk about, oh gosh, we do wish we had a daughter at times, you know, we're happy with our boys, but so now 
Mish, here we go. Yeah, here we go. But that's interesting though, Nikki, because usually, so I guess what happens then, the girls push the boundaries when they're maybe in their later teen years, but the boys push, push the boundaries when they're young adults. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the girls will, will test, when they're going through their teenage years, it's more about how I look and impressing and all of that that sort of hormonal shift remember the boys are going to develop much later than the girls are going to much later so the boys will sort of go through their you know maybe in their early 20s you know we're still playing games we're still chatting crap and and then all of a sudden it flicks into I'm now a man I gotta support myself where's my next paycheck coming from my job and we now click into how am I going to survive so we go into a whole other emotional roller coaster of I'm now a man. How am I going to do this on my own? Some may have a partner, some may not. So it's a whole other world. So we're no longer dealing with the sort of those hormones. Right. We're now dealing with a full fledged man who now is trying to find their footing of where do I belong? How am I going to live? How am I going to find a job? How am I going to pay my light bill, my phone bill, all of these things? And as a parent, you know, you have to sort of sit back and say, all right, I'll support to a certain extent. But then we also have to step back and say, yeah, exactly. How are you going to pay your phone bill next month? You know, as parents, we want to make life as easy as possible for the kids, but we don't do them any favors for sure by doing that because then they become dependent, entitled. And when we're not there to be supporting them, then what? Then how do we, how do they pick up themselves? Actually, but another let me tell you, next, I, my mother died when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And I've always said to my children, I may not, I'm not always going to be around. So you need to be able to, if your father and I were to exit at any point, you, be, you need to be able to stand on your own feet and be able to figure out yourself. So going into that in this stage of life with them was the best as much as they hated me saying it next, it was so important that look, if dad and I exit out, you need to be able to know how to pay the, know how to go to the tax office, know how to do all of these things, get your title free card, go and service your car, go and do all of that stuff. I'm not doing it for you. If, but you know, if I I'm not here. That conversation that we're, we, we're comfortable with to say, we're not going to be here all the time. And it is so true. And I guess that was a wake up call for you at 19. 19. Yeah. Yeah, and I was married at 20. So it was hard. It was, <laughs> it was really hard to, to, to just have to grow up real fast. Right. So I made sure that my kids growing up, I mean, I took, a, you know, I look after them when they were younger, but going into that 1920 stage, I was like, they're off at boarding school, you're off at university. You got to learn well, how to do it. And fall. Yeah. And really important. Yeah. And clean up their own messes too. They have to clean their own messes. And they will have that. They will have, they'll mess up as we did. Um, But they have to learn to just deal with it. Of course, we're there in the background in case they need that comfort and so on. But, you know, they just need to learn to do these things. It's just called this thing called life. But also we have to remember that how we did our life at that age is not how this generation is doing their life. It's so different. Oh, yes. And so we, we go into it saying, you should be doing it this way. This is what your father and I did when you, we were your age. And that is the worst thing that you can tell your children. Mm-hmm. It, is, it has to be step back. And this is their journey. This is their life. They have to figure it out. So if they're doing something completely different to that you did when you were 20 or 25, I mean, I, I have to step back. I was married and had kids at 26. My son mm-hmm. is 25. 
I, what am I supposed to say? Oh, well, you know, when I was your age. No, kids don't want to hear that this year. It's in, mm-hmm. the, in this generation. They don't want to hear that. We it's have their to, journey. We have to respect their journey. So, yes. It's so, their journey. So pivoting off of that, Nikki, as, as you know, we, as, we inter- as we said in the beginning, it's hard to give up and to not give them those specific directions. So what happens when they come with a different lifestyle choice than we had thought that they would want? Perhaps their career is going to take them halfway across the world, or perhaps their partner is not somebody that we thought we think is complementary to them, or suppose they decide all of a sudden to change religions, or they're questioning their sexuality. You know, there's so many different aspects that could come at you. How, as a parent, how do we navigate, using your words, this new adult with their, in their new world? Honestly, <laughs> changing your role from being a mother, which is you want to fix and control and solve, you switch from that mode into a mentor slash coach mode where you sit back and you listen, 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 listen more than you ever speak. You just keep listening and eventually they will figure it out with your help. If you jump in and say, no, absolutely no, or this is how you should do it, immediately you're going to get resistance from them, immediately. So we love our children unconditionally. We know this. And no matter what they bring to our table, We're going to accept it whether we like it or we don't. So our choice, and I keep saying this to my children, I say it to everybody, is we can't change how other people behave or think. The only thing we can change is how we react to it. So when your child comes to you and says, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, your reaction is going to be super powerful, whether you're going to blow up, get angry, upset, cry or whatever if you keep quiet and silent and just listen and get into that seat of the coach type mode it will go so smoothly because then you're now listening to their side you're listening to their perspective and your perspective now may change and to say well maybe that's not so bad or you know wow I never thought about it that way your son comes to you and says I want to do x and you're like immediately your response is like no frigging way but (laughs) You know, but when you sit and you listen to his um, thought on it or his perspective on it, you may switch immediately and say, well, maybe it's not so bad. And guess what? Conflict. There's no conflict. And you may not switch. but You, you may not switch and that's totally okay. And, and that's fine, too. That's fine, too. And I'll give you an example. Um, a few months ago, JP came to me and he says, mom, I'm going to go to Tanzania for a month. I'm like, <gasps> what? Why not just go to Florida? And, and he does that from time to time. Mom, I'm going to Croatia. Mom, I'm going to South Africa. And he goes. And, and I have to really swallow and say, this is what he wants to do. And, and I pray a lot. And, and then I send out these little WhatsApps to my friends. And, you know, please put him in your prayers. And please put him on a prayer group and a prayer list. And, and, and I can't say to him, no, you can't go. I can't. You know, and then when he sends those photos or the videos of where he's at and like oh my gosh that's so cool why didn't I do that when I was his age so we really have to allow them as hard as it is and sometimes we have to swallow really really take that big gulp but we just have they have to be they have to know that we are supporting them in whatever way as hard as it is because we want to just hold on to them 
and you know keep them right here where we can see and know what they're doing at every single moment. But at the end of the day, that's not what we are training. We train them to do anyway. Exactly. To fly. So we have to allow them to do that. It's hard though. It's hard. It's hard. And as as I say, you have to, I I love to use the expression, latch up your heart, because it is so true that you really have to latch up your heart when you're going through it, because you are biting your tongue, the tears are flowing. It's really hard, but you know, you do know that um, it's going to be fine on the other side of it. Of course. Because this is is the way it's meant to be. This is the journey they're supposed to try. Just like when we were their age, I'm sure our parents were like, are you kidding? I know when I left school to, you know, after two years to stay home and look after my mother, my father nearly had a conniption. He was like, you cannot leave school. You cannot, you have to finish your education. And my mother always said, no, she will go back. She will go back. And my father went through heck with it. And I did go back and I did finish my degree. Okay. But that was my journey at the time. You of see course. what I'm saying? So, but, but my father had no choice. Of course. Yes. So with this new, um, this new adulthood that they're in, it's sometimes we have to, using your word again, I, I love the word navigate though, because I always use the word manage. But I have a friend that always says, manage seems like such a hard word. So I'm going to take your word, Nikki, and say navigate. Absolutely. Navigate. We have to to navigate all the different ways of maintaining the bonds of a family. Because I know your family is very close. Your party of five is a very close, as is my party of four, as is Michelle's party of four. But how do you change that up? Like when they start to become adults, what can you do? You have any suggestions of how do you maintain that closeness? especially when significant others get added into the equation and maybe they get married and have kids, you know, how, how are we going to maintain the bonds? Like how should we start setting up for that? Honestly, by letting them go. And I'll tell you why, the more that we cling on and keep wanting to bring is the more resistance. So with me, as I said, my kids don't live at home. So, you know, my son will come home after he hasn't been here for you know, two months. Now, right. in, in my situation with him, it, there are certain holidays and stuff that are non-negotiable. Christmas Eve, non-negotiable, you must be here to spend the night. Other holidays and stuff, I'm not so so stringent on it. But there's times where things are non-negotiable and my kids, no, we're not with mom. And there are other times that, you know, they're off doing their own thing and I just let them be. Of but course. they always, but they always circle back. Once you give them that freedom, they will come back but when you keep them on a tight leash that's when they resist so as I said I, I there's weeks that I go and I don't even see my kids right wow. there's weeks that I don't and my kids live in Jamaica there's yeah. weeks that I don't see my kids I, I mean it, it, my son works I go to Kingston once or twice a week he's working I don't see him I haven't seen him for a couple of weeks but I know he always circles to come back at home because once you love your kids unconditionally you let them fly they will always come back but so, I do put in non-negotiables. I like that definitely. non-negotiables. I like that I too. Think, and that definitely is an important thing for us to, we have some non-negotiables like, you know, cause you know, Christmas day parties are a big thing in Jamaica. So those were always like non-negotiables for us. You do the family stuff first, then maybe if you go out, then fine. 
But uh, funny, because I was speaking about this with Michelle when we were starting to set up for your um, for your podcast recording, and we were talking about what we would discuss. And I said, well, you know, Michelle, sometimes when people have, when they're married, it's one Christmas with you and another mm-hmm. Christmas with their family. And Michelle's like, wait, that's a thing? <laughs> I said, yes, Michelle. I haven't thought about it, but now I have to. Yeah. And once you, I mean, once you release that sort of hold that you have and go into that flexible balance mode of, okay, so this year I have you guys, next year we don't. Or say I get you for Christmas Eve, but I don't get you for Christmas Day. Or or I get you for Christmas Day, but I don't get you for Christmas Eve. Once you get into that negotiation again, because that's what this is all about, you still get what you want. You're not going to get everything. We want our kids around us all the time. But once you get into that negotiation balance mode with them, they will go that extra mile for you because they know you're giving them that extra mile. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? If you give your kids that, they will respond accordingly. And I think, Nikki, too, it's also... Right. And it's also important to say what you want. Right. Yeah. You can't you can't expect them to be like wanting to come home or wanting to do these things. If you need to set them the boundaries or the non-negotiables and say, I would like you, you know. So I think that's important because they also want to know that you want to be there. Absolutely. I mean, my kids, my kids know that I would want them here all the time, Mm -hmm. but I never, ever made them feel, I never make them feel guilty or whatever. I mean, at the beginning, my husband, I think had a harder time with it. He'd be like, so you kids coming home for the weekend. I'm like, Gordon, leave them, leave them (laughs) there. You know, they don't want to come home to us. And now it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's not even talked about anymore. It's like, hey, mom and I were coming home next weekend. Girls said, I'm coming home to put up the Christmas tree. I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't even have to ask. This is wonderful. <laughs> but, you know, you get into that. Give them their space. It, almost like you don't, you, you don't ask for that. They will, they will step up. It's like, hold on. Mom hasn't asked us to come for the weekend. Hmm. And I know also too, Nikki, that you plan, like you plan little trips with them. So you make it you know, an effort to say, this is a time that we are going to be together type of thing. Definitely. The non-negotiables are super important, Nix, because you need to have your life, you need to have your space, and you need to have your adventures. And so do they. And you need to keep that separate. I mean, yes, there are times that, you know, we'll go to the country together, we'll go to Miami together, whatever. Those are my non-negotiables. But you almost want your kids to, to say, mom and dad, what's going on? You know? You're not coming to see us, you know. I mean, we Gordon and I went and spent the, the night in Kingston on, on Friday. We hadn't slept in there, well, I guess thanks to COVID, for so long. And my kids were like, Mom and Dad are coming to town to spend the night. Oh my <laughs> god, they were so excited. Oh. And that made that made me feel so good because they want me, they want Gordon and myself to come rather than us constantly saying, You're not coming home, you're not coming home, you're not coming home, you know? Right, of course, of course. You meet them where they're at too, right? So Absolutely. So that lets us step right into your exciting um, things that I've been seeing on Instagram. So and your new coaching program and you're having a masterclass. So tell us all about it. So I don't know where you want to begin, but tell us what your chapter two unleashed, which is your Instagram page. And tell us all about that. 
Well, let me tell you, I, I could talk about this for hours next, but I won't. But chapter two, Unleash, is basically 40s, 50s and beyond, being able to enjoy this new phase of life, just like what we're talking about, right. kids, the empty nesting, being able to know that we have the time, be able to ask for the things we want and be able to enjoy our time rather than constantly worrying and, and thinking we're now living in our present. So chapter two for me is all about that. It's also about the physical changes, snakes of menopause. I, every time I say the word, people go into, up in arms because it's almost like it's, an, it's a dirty word that we're not supposed to talk about. But guess what? Menopause is happening with or without us. Exactly. So we can show it's going to happen. So we get to choose how we want, again, how are we going to ride, navigate this journey of the hormonal changes, the physical changes, the mental changes. So that aspect of the life. And with that comes empty nesting. And with that comes being able to ask for what it is that we want. So I do have this a lot with my clients that they're now in this stage. Some of them are emptiness, so some of them are not. How do I, what do I do? What do I do? How do I navigate this? So yeah, I'm starting my uh, four-month group co coaching program in January. I'm super excited about okay. it. Okay. It's, it's not going to be a lot of women. I think maybe eight, maybe maximum 10. Okay. So the spaces are very limited because I really want to get in there and teach about it, talk about it, a, a support, a tribe to be okay. able to navigate this journey. So yes, I'm starting with my first masterclass next week, Wednesday, which is going to be talking all about kind of like what we're talking about, empty nesting, being able to enjoy this phase of our life, being happy that the kids are out and no guilt, no overthinking, being able to say, my gosh, I have all this time. What am I going to do? Am I going to travel? Am I going to read a book? Am I going to take a bath? Am I going to watch Hallmark? TV, Hormak Chang, which is my go-to, <laughs> being, being able to just enjoy your life now and not be overthinking and worrying about what your kids are doing, just enjoying yourself. So this is the chapter two. This is such an exciting stage. So the masterclass that you're having next week, is it November 17th? Yes, next week, Wednesday, 12 o'clock to make a time till 1.30. So it's a crowdcast link where I will just be teaching, talking, and anybody who wants to interact, we'll just do it, you know, via the chat. So we can um, get a good, a kind of a taste of your group coaching program from that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, man, I'll definitely be talking about that, talking about empty nesting and how to do that. And then I'll go into my group. I'm doing three masterclasses. I'm doing one in November, one in December, one in January, just before I launched the program. And then I think it's on the 19th of January, I launched the program. So the group coaching program, it's going to be group as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching. Okay. So I will be coaching as a group and as well as we'll be doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. I'll be doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with everybody over the four months. Wow. Sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. So we will that. have the, sorry, Mish. We have to join that masterclass, Nikki. For sure. Oh, but we'll, I'll send you guys the link. Absolutely. Yes, well, we'll have the link. We'll have the link in our, on our Instagram page and um, below in our podcast notes so that people can join the, the masterclass. Also, yeah. can you tell us where you're, what about your Instagram page? What is your Instagram handle? Sure. It's same thing as you said, Chapter 2 Unleashed. So I'm on okay. Facebook, Chapter 2 Unleashed. If you just type that in, my website is Chapter 2 Unleashed. My Instagram is Chapter 2 Unleashed. It's very simple. My, <laughs> my Facebook, my Instagram, and my website are all Chapter 2 Unleashed. So if you just plug that in, that you will, everything will pop up on there as well. And my exactly. email is very simple. It's Nikki at chapter2unleashed.com. Cannot and get is any that Is that two spelt out or the number two? It's a number two. But with my website, if you type in TWO, it also 
I have both of those. It will come up both for both of them. Perfect. Great. Sounds good. Yes. So maybe Nikki, you could leave us now with uh, some tips that um, parents like us with adult children or not, just how to navigate life in this stage in our, in our lives. Heading, heading to what? chapter Heading to chapter two. Well, first of <laughs> all, in chapter two. I, you're in cha- well, I think you guys are already in chapter two. You just don't have all the ingredients yet of the up chapter two. You haven't gotten any empty nesting yet, but that's coming. But you're into your chapter two. We're already. preparing. We're preparing. You're, let me, you, believe it or not, you're actually in it already. A lot of people, I, I have clients who are in their 40s and they're, they're actually in it, in just in a different stage. Right, right. So, I mean, prepare, we're preparing for emptiness by doing our chapter two, is what I mean. Sorry. <laughs> Got you. Well, as a, as a, the only thing I would definitely say to you guys is going into this is when you feel yourself kicking into this mother mode. Think, step back and get into a coach mode. I know, Nick's your training. You're trained as a coach as well. Get into that coach mode. So you step back and you listen, ask a few questions that are open to let them think about it, you think about it, and then you get into this conversation. It's super important when you're engaging with your adult kids that it becomes a conversation. It is not a one-way thing. It's got to be a lecture. It's a conversation, right? It's a conversation and it's a negotiation because you're now dealing with another adult who is going to have their own thoughts, their own ideas, their own thing. And you don't want to kill that. Mm -hmm. You don't want to kill that. So it becomes a conversation. Of course, conversation with them is precious for sure. Absolutely. And just stepping back and being able to voice the things that you feel that you're against is also very important as a parent. So if your child says something or is doing something and you're really not on board, it's important that you be able to say it to them, but you say it in a respectful, open manner that they hear, I hear your mom. I respect your mom. You're not asking them to change. You're not asking them to change your mind. But if you go across and say, well, Honestly, that was that's not something I would choose, but you know what? I respect you for that. I think that's important to voice it, yes, for sure. Yeah, very because very if important. not, then you because because a parent will look back and say, but hello, then I become, you know, they're gonna roll all over me, they're gonna take advantage of me, they're gonna do and that's not what it's about. It's just about this negotiation conversation mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily agree with you, but guess what? I respect you enough to allow you, you run with it. Let's see what happens. But always I'll, I'll know, give you the support. I'll give you, but always know that I'm always there to support you no matter what. That is so important for sure. For sure. sure. Some great, and any tips on dealing with the husbands at this time, if we do have, or partners? You mean with with the emptiness? Same thing. You be coaches to them because men have a harder time dealing with emotions and feelings than women are. We just know this. So when in this situation, you support your husbands just as much as you support your children, like, absolutely get into that coach mode. It's okay, hon, distract, take them on holidays, keep them busy. You know, <laughs> if you find busy. that they're, keep them busy. If you finding that they're, I mean, I do have a client who the husband just is constantly calling the children and constantly touching base with the children. And she's like, leave them alone. And I'm like, don't get angry with him. This is how he navigates it. So you set up your boundary and say, look, honey, Let's just call them once a week. Let's call them every Wednesday or call them Monday and Friday. Set your boundaries with them. Help them through it. That's, yeah, it's, yeah, you have to help them through it. It's a journey. It's something, we don't have no manual. There's no manual or anything to, to know how to do this. 
For sure. For like, sure. It's actually a journey for both of us, meaning us as, as mothers and for our children as well. It's a journey, it's a transition. It's, it's a learning. New it's way learning. of doing things. Yeah, it's a whole new way. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to add a point, though. I think it's important for us to make sure as, as mothers, um, maintaining that, con- not only maintaining the connection with our children, but maintaining a connection with ourselves. So that when we get to that point of the second phase or the empty nest, we're not saying, oh my gosh, what am I doing now? So I think we have to be conscious of, as we go along, we're conscious of what we like, what do we want to do for ourselves? Because we're heading in this direction where our children will not be as dependent on us anymore. And we have to be able to be, to be comfortable in that space, comfortable with ourselves. And Absolutely. not to figure it out when we get there. And I think you know, that yeah, Michelle, yeah. yeah, Michelle and I had definitely seen a shift in how our boys even reacted or related to us when we started doing this podcast thing and when we started doing our own things. It's like, they were like, oh, okay, so you do have some type of um, something going on other than us. So, you know, you don't have to focus completely on us. So it, it was it was kind of nice. And we have conversations about it with them all the time. I'm sure you see a big shift in your relationship since you started coaching with your children too? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I started it, I think everybody had doubts in my family. Like, are you really going to do this? You were going to make a business out of this? And I'm like, (laughs) you just sit back and watch your hair. And now it's like, we're lining up to call mom, come sit in mom's chair because I need coaching. I need coaching. What do I do? (laughs) And I'm like, look here, I need some time off here. So they come to me as a mother role. Absolutely. But they're also coming to me as a coach that they're able to share with me everything that's going on in their life. And they know that I'm not going to kick in. Once, I kick, once I'm in my coach mode, my, my kids know that I don't get into mother mode. Oh, so right. it's when I'm sort of off duty that I kick into my mother mode. But the minute I'm in a coach mode, my kids come to me and it's a completely different conversations that we're having. But I mean, them seeing that I have a life and I'm doing something fun and whatnot. I'm like, exactly. don't call me after a certain time. Don't do right. that certain time. And they respect that because they see that I do have a life. But Michelle, you, you talked about figuring out what it is you want to do and all that. For women, it's really hard when we shift right. from the constant focus around the kids to what yeah. do we want to do. And a lot of mothers don't know because we've never given ourselves that opportunity. Absolutely. So a part of what I do with, the, with my training with the chapter two is to teach you how to tap into what it is that you want to do now. A lot of people are like, I don't know, I was never given this opportunity. So we start with a bucket list. We start with finding out I'm a, I'm a train in the aliveness method and aliveness activate, which I did a nine month certification course where I kick in and say, listen, we're going to teach you what brings you alive. And then you, it just runs like that after that. It's right. so right. exciting. Sweet. Well, Nick knows a little bit about the aliveness method because you were one of my guinea pigs at the beginning. I did a little sure. bit with you. Yes. Yes, for sure. It is very exciting. And I'm so happy for you, Nikki, that you found your purpose and you've um, and you're making your mark. And thank, thank you so much for the rest of us to find our yeah, purpose. For sure. Jared, so inspiration for sure. Thank you so much. I have to share the love because guess what? We're all in it together. So why not do it together? Yeah. Of course. course. It's all about the village. Oh, amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks, Nikki. We'll talk to you again soon. 
Thank you so much, ladies, for having me. This has been fantastic. Fabulous seeing you again. Good to and see you, honey. Take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of What the 50. Please show your love and encouragement by sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review wherever you're listening. And don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram. And please join our active Facebook group at what.the50.